The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Vinyl Divers. What is up? What is up, my Mullenites, my divers? What's going on? I hope that you guys have been doing well and staying busy. I know I have. Uh, you know, I'm just going to say it real quick out there. Sorry for the lack of episodes the past couple of weeks. I've been putting a lot of time and effort into uh, other projects. More importantly, I've been trying to learn how to use video editing equipment uh, and like programs and stuff like that so that I can get a YouTube game up. I, I really want to enter the world of YouTube and want to get Vinyl Divers and that medium. So coming soon is a uh, Vinyl Divers YouTube channel to you guys. I'm going to have more info on that later. Uh, hopefully in a couple episodes, we're going to see how it goes. I'm going to try and start doing video. Just so I'm going to start off with just video video episodes, companions, and then we're going to start getting into like some edited fun content from there. But where we're at right now, what is going on, everyone? I hope... Uh, you guys are excited. We have a fun episode we're going over today. I got some notes, old school style. I've been listening to it for the past week or so, just kind of getting it. Uh, honestly, I haven't been listening to it all week. I've been listening to it the past couple days because it's been there's a song that's been stuck in my head all week from this album. I always know, I always tell you like, to do a buildup, like you don't already know what I'm going to talk about because, duh, it's the, uh, you know, name of the episode. So title of the episode. Yeah. You guys kind of know where I'm going with this. So Anyways, we're going over a uh, fun album. I can't remember where I picked this sto- this one up. I think I grabbed it at Barnes & Noble's, actually. I don't know. Maybe Barnes & Noble's. I can't think. I feel like it was one of those spots where I was going somewhere, and I just happened to like peek, ahead, peek my head around. I was like, oh, shoot, plaid. Oh, my God. That's a Boston's vinyl. Let's grab it. So, as I finally brought us in, we are talking about the Mighty Mighty Boston's today. And specifically, we're talking about their debut album, Devil's Night Out. guys yeah yeah i'm doing this old school style i'm trying to bring it back to how vinyl divers was built so that was the beginning of the intro song on side one devil's night out i'm gonna tell you let me pull up my notes i'm gonna describe what i was thinking about this one because you know my first exposure to the boss tones wasn't through this album it was probably everyone else's first experience or first memory hearing of the mighty mighty boss tones Specifically, their song, it was their big hit off of the, their fifth album, Let's Face It, The Impression That I Get. And just, we're going to go off on a side tangent because I love this song, and it's funny how the Boss Tones came to me. Um, 
I know in more recent, and the way I realized it was the Boss Tones, and the way I realized and recognized this song was from the movie Step Brothers. Plays at the end sequence, and this this it first came out, and I first uh, first appeared on my radar in early ninth grade when I first started listening to ska. And uh, I, I remember hearing the impression that I get like this upbeat. And back in the day when I was first new to this, it was like, oh shoot, upbeat that must be ska. Nine out of ten times it is. That's not always the case, and I'm okay with that. But, yo, young, 15-year-old, naive me heard Upbeats. I assumed it was ska, so I had to figure out what song it was. And, obviously, I, I listened to everything from the band that I could from that album. And I'm going to tell you, love the album, let's face it. And as I ended up doing more digging and looking around, what I discovered is that the impression that I get wasn't just in Step Brothers. It was actually in, uh, you know, please don't hate on me for a moment. You're going to see how... Uh, much of a real nerd I really am besides the D&D is uh, I used to love Digimon. Still do. There's still newer uh, movies coming out, which is pretty cool if you're into anime. You know, go check out the animations. Pretty sweet. But old school, one of the first Digimon movies had a wicked soundtrack. Included uh, One Week by the Bare Naked Ladies, which is how I know the song, where I know it from. And the person that I get is in it at the very end. And, you know, teenager me feeling nostalgia going back and watching Digimon was kind of cool. And even now, I'll say, you know, mid-20s, actually, pocket, late 20s, looking back, it's kind of like, man, Ska's always been there for me. It really has. When I'm always feeling down, it's just like, man, fucking put some Ska on. And that's kind of how I came into this album. And uh, talking about it for today's episode, because I was sitting there going, you know, I have to do an unboxing. There's the first impressions I have to do for a... uh, for, for a band that I really love, I just got their live album in the mail about a month ago, and there's a video dropping of that sooner than later. And, and while I was going to pull that out, I go, you know, I sh- let me listen to some other music while I'm at least reviewing it and thinking about this. And I go to pull two different albums at random, and they are both Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. And the uh, other one I grabbed was the newer one, While We're At It. I, I love this album. This, this is a great album really fun uh the the past two albums from the boss have been like low-key i really enjoyed i've heard some of my friends not be the f- ent- uh, entirely fans of them because you know their sounds so much changed uh but i decided to go with today their first one the devil's night out I- instant i'm looking at it right now uh very plaid can't hide it go any way other way around it it's iconic. It's obviously the boss tones. This is what I think of. And what I did find out while looking this up is that the plaid wasn't actually their thing at first. It was uh, the fans. I, 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 from what I read, it was one of the band members wore plaid once, and some of the fans adopted it, and then it just became their calling card. So, you know, fuck it. Uh, if, you know, if the fans are already building it and bringing it into the fan base, just kind of like, if it fits, it fits. Why not? And this is a solid kickoff album, and I really love it because what it does for the genre is third wave ska is fun. I love the two tones, and I love the even the old school uh, first wave, early early ska. Does it doesn't bother me that much? Uh, it's not my favorite, even two tone, not my preferred. But I still enjoy it. Third wave, one of the things I gravitated, and one of the things that really drew me into just engulfing myself 
in this genre was all the different subgenres and all the different styles that could still be considered third wave ska or ska punk. And when the Mighty Mighty Bossons, what they brought to this third wave, this subgenre that, or to this, to this genre that was so malleable into subgenres, was a ska core. They came from influences of Metallica, No FX, Radiohead, some fucking like nice, like late aggressive uh, ACDC, some fucking heavy metal, some nice speed rock. It, it, this is some good, fun anger. And, and when you listen to it, you can hear that. It is prevalent and has very much a late 80s. And I, from what I have listened to currently, I'm just gonna make just make a comment here. I don't listen to a lot of Metallica. I'm really sorry. I've only heard a couple of their hits. It's just not one of my favorite bands to go through. I appreciate them for musicians. They're fucking kick ass. From what I have heard of Metallica, I can easily hear the influences on the guitar and even in some of the songs on the horns. There's a few songs. Uh, one specifically I have in my notes. It's later in the. It's uh, <clears throat> later a couple tracks in the notes up um it is the the third song which is drunks and children the horns even kind of start having this very staccato pop 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 and the way it hits it feels like it's on the downbeat and almost like the chugging palm muting from you know power chords from guitars just kind of land this like metal and to hear the horns do that it was just really cool and different and i don't know if i just have never noticed that in other music and other songs within ska bands but for whatever reason just kind of having going in thinking this metallica groove and start listening to the boston just kind of putting this on this just really fucking just pounded through and i was like oh shoot that the, the, the horns are the power chords and they're taking over on that aspect of it and i'll tell you it's really cool actually watch you guys check it out right here here is from side one Drunks and Children. And there it is, as you guys can hear it. It had this high-energy, fast-paced uh, metal, this nice fucking kick in the face, and you're like, oh, shoot, you guys are not just ska. This is also some ska core, as you guys would say. This is fast, pit, running. But then, guess what? We're going to kick it, and we're going to do a little bit of a skank with it, you know? You know, skanking to skank, the dance for ska. And what I did say for my notes on this one is that, uh, uh, again, this is kind of or more or less for all of them that he does sing on, sing on it. But Dickie's voice is so sick. And the, the way I describe it is that it rips. And it's got this, like, this growl, guttural, like, roar, like, roar almost. But it's just like, like that kind of like, I don't know how he sings and how he, it, it's almost like he doesn't even sing. He just talks really aggressively. And I love that. When I was a kid trying to sing that, 
trying to sing his songs. My friends would play his music. I'd be like, all right, I could do this. And I'd try to sing about halfway through. Voice would be shot. Going to a Boss Tones concert, trying to sing it. Good luck. Like, for real, you're going to lose your voice by the end of the night. And you really have to think, is it worth it? In, in my opinion, I mean, I, I did see them live. And it was fucking worth it. It was. They are awesome. And uh, th- honestly, I'm really glad I had this on vinyl. I'm really glad I just was like, listen to some Boss Stones. Because pulling it out was like, man, I- I've been missing out. And I haven't put this one on in a minute. And this, uh, the other songs on the side that I had some comments for are... Unfortunately, it's not really other ones. Uh, I, I did make comments for Devil's Night Out. I had fucking rock and guitar. The very metal kicks into some classic third wave upbeat. It feels like some Metallica influence. Guitar is breaking from Scott and metal in between. I really like that. Great transition, especially if this is their kick. This is their debut album. This is how you present and say, hey, we're ska, but we're not your typical average ska. We're not that two-tone. We're not that upbeat all the time wave. We got a little bit of, bit of uh, piss and vinegar, and we're going to give it to you. Oh, and boy, did they, because this entire album, through and through, is entitled, like, basically, it goes back and forth from reading some upbeat, fun music, this great kind of idea of, like, listen, this is what Third Wave Scott is and what it can be and how we're going to go with it. But then some of the songs, they just have a switch, and the metal and the punk and this speed influence comes in. And it's awesome, which is really cool. So let me just go a little bit of history of this real quick. So Devil's Night Out debut album. It was released in 1989 by Tang Records, was then re-released in 1990. It was produced by Paul Q. I'm bad at pronouncing last names, so I'm going to give it a shot and then I'll spell it. Kolderi, K-O-L-D-E-R-I-E. Guys, please forgive me. Bad at pronunciations. I'm really sorry. It's also known for working with the Pixies, Radiohead, and many more. And like I said, guys, ska has gone through many waves and evolution. It, it went from this really slow, upbeat, this more traditional uh, kind of like dance hall ska, kind of like kind of more similar to reggae, but not exactly. More, more clean, more upbeat, more uh, just kind of pop up. Very simple. And then when it moved over to England with the two-tone wave, I mean, it just really combined this New England 70s punk Mix with that, add some horns, and they, you can start to see the evolution of more of the upbeats, like with the specials and the madness and the, the beat and the English beat. And then sooner or later, in the 80s, late 80s and early, early 90s, you had this third wave kick through. And like I said, Mighty Mighty Boss Tones made their name as coming into this as the ska core band. And that's kind of how I saw it. You know, when I first got into, when I first got into ska back in high school, I like Streetlight Manifesto. They had more of this folky, fast, upbeat stuff. You had your Real Big Fish. It was very just classic and just poppy. Mustard Plug was this little underground kind of like very similar to Real Big Fish kind of, but more a little more, uh, a little more like down to earth kind of feeling. Like Real Big Fish always had this like larger than life type of appeal, very flashy, colorful. Like they were like the action figures of Sky, I guess. The comic books, the action figures of Sky, kind of like, you know, not as crazy as Aquabats, but just like a step or two down. But then you have, like, the Mighty Mighty Boston's, which is like, yo, they coming in over with, with the, with the freaking heavy distortion, crazy, you know, screams and this grunting and aggression. And it's completely different style and feel. And yet you could see them both on the same episode. Or, the, I'm sorry, you could find them both on the same, uh, two, the same lineup for a night at a show. 
And that's what I love about this genre. So let's get into the second side. Second side really, really just com completely, like I said, follows the theme and the pattern for the first side, follows this, uh, this flow that this band is, has developed for this album. The first song that it kicks off the second side is called The Bartender Song. And before I have you guys listen to it a little bit, I'm going to tell you, this is the reason why I have been listening to this nonstop uh, in, the, in the past couple of days, because for the past week, all I've been able to hear is the lyrics of the, the, the or not even the lyrics, just the melody. The dun, 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 I've had that shit stuck in my head nonstop. And I'm like, fuck, I don't even know the lyrics. And all I can hear is the Boston. So obviously I'm going to have to freaking record about them. So here we are, obviously. I'm recording about them. You guys are hearing about them. Uh, so from me to you, let's check out the bartender song. So guys, as I said, that is what has been in my head. It's the uh, I actually went in while I was listening to it, put it on just uh, in between there. I pulled out the vinyl and I actually opened it up and saw what was in it. I haven't actually pulled it out and fully listened to it yet. I've been listening to it on headphones through iTunes. And uh, now that I had a chance to pull it out on vinyl, I dug out what was else in it besides the actual vinyl. And I'll say, it's cool. It's really good knowing that I got. I definitely got this as a reprint. I don't remember from where, but I'm glad to know that in the reprints, they still have the slip sleeves like they used to with a poster. Uh, it's really cool, actually. A fucking Money Money Boston's poster with them all black and white shot of them. Um, mopeds. And Big Tang records below it. Fuck yeah, man. This is awesome. Boston's Dickie Barrett, vocal, vocal noise. Nate Albert, guitar. Josh Dalzimer, drums. Tim Burton on saxophone. Wait, what? Not the same one, I'm sure. Joe Gettleman on bass and Ben Carr, the boss tone. This is awesome. So yeah, this uh, has all this pretty sure part of the lyrics on the back. And right for the bartender song, thank you, sir. Can I have another? Really grown to like each other. I like this beer and you friendly face. I've grown to like, really grown to like this place. No, 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 no. This can't be the case. Uh, what's this all about? Oh my God, I love this. But I'm going to tell you guys, this song, that right there, that catchiness has just, it's been stuck in my head and it's still stuck in my head now again. And it's going to be for the rally until I learn the song. I actually may learn the song on guitar. I really do. I kind of like this. It may be fun to play. Um, man, I love the boss tones and just hearing this. And when, when I get to listen to little bits in between uh, song transitions for these guys, it's fun and exciting. And it just kind of brings me back into like my younger days. And I've been noticing I'm hitting that where I'm like, oh, shit, I am 26 turning 27, man. I am not a uh, not 21 anymore, not even 22, I'm not even 23 anymore, like for real. I'm like three years past being 23. This is crazy. And well, honestly, I just can't say, man, like I feel like I think this is the song on this entire album that it's my number one. I love this song. This is my favorite. This is the impression that I get for this album. Uh -huh. It's kind of funny. Impression that I get. Uh, is that, and I really do like this. 
on the on the other the other tracks on this side are really good too. I have a couple other notes for them. I'll pull them up right here and I'll let you guys know what they were. So this was the bartender song. Thank you, sir. It's been stuck in my head all fucking week, basically. And then really, uh, Patricia, do something crazy and a little bit ugly. Again, very heavy, uh, uh, aggressive. Got that, brought that ska core sound. Solid, solid songs. Like for real. If you like, if you don't like ska, but you like metal and you like rock and roll, all right, maybe if you don't like rock, not rock and roll. If you like, if you don't, if you like like some like eighties heavy metal, but you're open to ska, or you're like maybe I'll give that a try to see if this is it. I give this album a shot. This would be one that you're definitely not going to get eighties metal, but you can definitely hear the influence of where it took effect and how it brought itself in to it. I definitely get, you know, recommend give it a try because this is it's a good album. And this is the first album and it kicked off a fucking legacy to help change this genre even more further. Uh this is a kick-ass album. Let me see what else. Let me check out the vinyl. Oh yeah. Vinyl is a black on black vinyl. I love the little devil dog in the corner biting a it looks almost like a rude boy like skanker but i think he's got like doc martens or something on some big boots the flip album the flip side on side one the picture i don't i don't recognize who that is exactly offhand i can't tell they have a mustache throws me off um but it says tang number 44 i don't know what that means that's new it's new, new to my radar i don't know if that under what that means but oh well it's cool and then i actually have What's it called? Pulled up. I have disc, uh, discography pulled up, and I want to see what this album goes for on discography. So, Mighty Mighty Boston's Devil's Night Out. Genre, it's considered rock, style, ska, punk, year. Oh, this is the 1990 re-release. Okay. Um, oh, 20, oh, 2016 reprint. Okay, this is probably the one, this one I have, obviously. And then let's see what the one of the one of the first ones. So the earliest that this has is a Tang Records 1990 reprint on LP. So let's see what this one goes for. All right, what are these going for on? All right, these sell for thirty two dollars. The original, the old, the uh, first pressing or second pressing. It looks like a reprint pressing. Uh, back from nineteen ninety goes for thirty two dollars. Nine for nine of them are for sale. It's not bad. Very good. Very good. Yeah, about 30 bucks where you're looking to ballpark it. There's more that are expensive, or more. there are some that are more expensive. But this is the one that I have from 2016, and this one goes for about $20, $19.99. Very, that's kind of what I was thinking, which isn't bad. I'll tell you, for $20, this is a steal. Uh, I mean, the lowest over here print, uh, priced is $11.99. I mean, medium is sixteen dollars. Highest is seventeen ninety nine. That gives. That's weird. I don't know why that's that. Anyway, I'm anyway. What I'm trying to say, guys, is that for twenty dollars, roughly plus shipping and handling, if you don't get it from the band themselves, fucking a, go to Discogs and order it from someone on there because it's worth it. This is an album that you should have in your collection if you're into some nineties, late eighties rock. I'm sorry, not late eighties. I'll say late eighties punk ska. Uh, 90s, if you're into 90s rock or 90s grunge or 90s uh, ska core, obviously, 
should put it in your album. This is something fun, something different that I'd say if you're a connoisseur of all types of music, this would be something this would be worth it just to pull out. Uh, if you were to have a small selection of ska, I'd recommend this one possibly because this brings an element that isn't so heavily on ska that you could fit it in for a nice playthrough in the day. Uh, I highly recommend it. Mine, it looks pretty much brand new. There's the slip cover isn't the best. It's a little rip the paper just from uh, wear and tear from being taken in and out and probably more recent packaging. I always feel like the older vinyl slips, they, they are always uh, in better condition, surprisingly. Put this away. And guys, I'm going to say it. It's all I have for you guys today. And uh, you know what? Let's go through and review this. Let's review this the way I used to. I like this. So the way we're going to do this, guys, we're starting at a five because we're going to work our way up. Never, uh, I don't ever like to give it instantly a zero. Let's kind of give it a good neutral. So five is in the middle for me. All right. So I'm at a five. For the price alone, I'm going to bump it up to a six. For it being the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones and being a badass uh, cover with the plaid and very cliche, even with like the Mighty Mighty Boss, the Mighty Mighty and Devil's Night Out on the cover, it is, uh, has a stitched look to it. Super cool. And very aesthetic, so bump that up to a seven for the nice appeal. The vial's nice. Slip with the nice poster. I don't know. Some people like to put the posters up. Some people like to kind of keep them uh, classic. I, I'm the kind of person where even if I get stickers and stuff, usually I keep the stickers tucked into the vinyl. That's just how I am. So love it. Packaging weight came in. $7. Affordable, or, or It's a seven on my chart. Affordable worth it the music is amazing and i really just love it i have some great songs some good hits so, i mean patricia's awesome bartender song love it the second track i don't know how to pronounce it i think how i was how i how how i was how i how i was how i am uh and was fun too i like the cave so there's a cognito like a festive uh a fiesta version i was listening to that one that one's fun a little bit ugly it's cool I mean, it definitely they sound young but yet the voices you could definitely see where they are gonna be going and i'm saying a lot but this one's worth it so guys vinyl divers mullenites guys thank you so much for uh keeping with me for this long on this episode i know we're going back to the older format and thank you so much see you guys next week 